Um, I'd like you to open your Bibles today to Philippians 2, verses 12 through to 18. And um, while, you're, while you're opening your Bibles, um, I've been amazed at the beauty of the stars and how they seem to twinkle sometimes and, and admiring and appreciating God's handiwork is really something that impresses me and I, I get sad that like um, unbelievers or a lot of unbelievers or or um, evolutionists look up into the stars look up at the stars and they say wow they've been there for like millions of years and they look around at the trees everything's been there for millions of years and it's just somehow evolved <clears throat> I feel it's kind of sad because I like to look at God's creation and appreciate the beauty uh, of the creation and um, and give admiration to God, our Creator. And although this brings us much joy to look at His creation, have you ever thought about how how much joy God receives? And so often it's all about us. It's about, yes, um, thank you, Lord, for the answered prayer, or thank you, Lord, for the spiritual gift, or thank you, Lord, for the parking space, or whatever it might be. And we feel good that God gives us blessings, but sometimes we need to stop and think from God's perspective. What blessing is God receiving from us? You know, are we, are we conducting our lives in a particular manner that would bring a joy to God's heart? Now, not everybody is a Hollywood star, but we all have the potential to be stars in God's sight. I want to read Philippians 2. Um, 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 what did I say? 12 through to 18. Therefore, my friends, or my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfil his good purpose. Verse 14. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure children, without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Folks, is our generation warped and crooked? It's, It's not improving, is it? It goes on to say, And then you will shine... Among them, like stars in the sky, as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not labour in vain. And I hope also and pray that I don't labour in vain in my pastoral duties. But even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on a sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I'm glad 
and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. So I want to break down this passage into three areas. I want to look at firstly working out your salvation. Secondly, I want to have a look at God's sovereign plan. And I want to finish up with talking a little bit about sacrifice and service. So working out your salvation. Paul says in this letter to the church of Philippi, continue to work out your salvation, folks, with fear and trembling. And I, that's a bit like me. I, I am afraid of, you know, going to hell. I don't want to go there. And there's that fear and trembling that caused me one day to get my name in God's Lamb's book of life. And, you know, along with the saints at Philippi, we're told to work out or to put into practice in our daily living what God has worked in us, in and through his spirit. We're not told to work for our salvation, but we're told to work out the salvation that God has given to us. Believers must work selflessly and with the interests of others ahead of their own. And this outworking is to be done, folks, with fear and trembling, with a complete trust in God and not in ourselves. The only way this can be realised is through God, folks, who enables us. God is the one who enables us through the Spirit. Both divine and human responsibility are involved in getting God's work done. Folks, believers are partners with God. We're labour together or labouring together with him. The verb works as to work out our salvation. The verb works in verse 13 means to energise or to provide enablement. And God makes his own both willing and desirous to do his work. And folks, it's true. I'm so passionate for the work of God. I'm so passionate for the ministry. And whatever God wanted me to do, one day I said to God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. After I prayed that prayer, I thought, oh, what have I said? Will God really take me at my word? And he did. He took me from being a railway man to pastoral ministry. And I said, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Then he began to send me to different places overseas as short-term mission work. Solomon Islands. I thought the Pacific, South Pacific 
islands were going to open up. It didn't happen that way. Then he sent me to Africa. And folks, I'm so passionate. It's a dangerous prayer, but if you have courage and pray that prayer, be open to what God might do with you and how he might use you. It's not about your abilities. It's about your availability. You know, I don't have many abilities. Like, I'm a year 10 repeater. I'm a railway man, so I used to fix railway wagons. That's my main ability. It's what I know to do. They don't tap the wheels anymore. That process finished, but... Many years ago, I would have been a wheel tapper. I used to take all the brakes apart and service the brakes on on wagons and put new brake shoes on, brake blocks on. That's my ability. How can... God didn't take my ability. He didn't say, I want you to be, you know, a Christian rail worker. He took me out of that situation and set me up, you know, He said, I want you to go to Bible college. So, okay, that was hard. But it gave me a foundation. And now I've got a foundation. God has taken me and and using me and Helen. And folks, I encourage you, if if you can take a couple of brave pills, say that prayer, God, I will do anything for you. I will go anywhere for you. And then, wow, just buckle up and get ready for the adventure. (laughs) <laughs> who knew what I'd be doing this, you know, just a boy from a small fishing village in Tasmania, like, what an adventure. Anyway, back to the message. Folks, believers are partners with God and we labour together with him. God makes his own both willing and desirous to do his work. How are you at working out your salvation? How are you at doing that? Can you put into practice your daily living, the, the, the things that God has, has placed into you by his spirit? You know, we, we, we read the Bible and you know, we do like have our quiet time or our daily devotions and you know, we might read a scripture um, and when that scripture impacts us, that's the revelation of the word. So Jesus is the word, like it says in, in, in John chapter 1, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is the word. And when, when we read that scripture and it penetrates our heart, it's a revelation of the word, it's a revelation of Jesus impacting our lives. And then that word begins to do some work in us, like Let's say, for instance, you read Galatians 5, the last bit about the fruit of the Spirit, and you go, wow, the revelation of that word has impacted my heart, my life. And now the Holy Spirit starts to do something in you. And you'll go through that list. Um, What is it? Patience, kindness, gentleness, patience. Yeah. Yeah. So So you go through the list. And the Holy Spirit gets you to go through the list and you start ticking them off. Yes, 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 no. 
I don't have that one. And then the Holy Spirit starts to do this work in you. And then you begin to display that fruit that you, where you lack. And that's how the Holy Spirit works in us with a revelation of the word. And so we need to do things like that. That's just an example. But we need to do things like that. And when the word impacts our life, and I'm not saying every scripture impacts your life. You know, you, you, can, you can read some of this stuff like... Um, like um, I will set my face against any Israelite or foreigner residing among them who eats blood. I will cut them off from the people. So, folks, not every scripture is going to impact your heart. But even reading Leviticus is knowledge and understanding and biblical history and and helps to broaden our perspective on Jesus and on God and how... You know, like the whole story of Moses and everything and how it's related. So we need every part of the Bible. Not every part will impact you personally, but those parts that do. Allow that, the Holy Spirit to, to manifest that inside of your life and to broaden your, uh, your outlook on Christianity and to change your life into the likeness of Christ. Okay, enough about working out your salvation. God's sovereign plan. God's sovereign plan. Christian living, as you know, folks, is a daily affair. It's a daily affair. It's a challenge. Sometimes it's a challenge. Sometimes it's a blessing. I'll get this thing with God and it's just really crazy. But you can ask Helen... It's a funny thing. I can go down the street and it can even be busy and I want to go to a particular shop and his car's all parked along and all of a sudden there's a space there for me. Like, it's just like it happens so regularly. It's, it's kind of, should I say, uncanny. But every time I just go, Zoop. I go, thank you, Jesus. I'm happy to thank Jesus for a parking spot. What's wrong with me? Am I lazy? Am I too, too lazy to walk half a block and park around the corner? I don't know. But I thank Jesus that he finds parking spaces for me. And it happens all the time. All the time. Is that to do with Christian life? I don't know. But I just pray and ask God to look after me. And, and, he, and, he, and he does. And I try my best to be obedient to him. And if his word says do this or don't do that, then I, I try really hard to do those things or to not do those things. Anyway, Christian living is a daily affair. Everything is to be done, folks, according to Paul, according to the scriptures, without complaining or arguing. And if, you take, if you're able to say to God... I'll, go, I'll do anything you want me to do or I'll go anywhere, then that levels off the complaining. And if God says, I want you to, um, you know, I want you to go to and be a missionary in Peru and you think, I don't like South America. No, you've, you've said the prayer. So, you, so now, you know, you can't complain. You go, okay, Lord, 
Let's pack the bags and go. Like, yeah. So everything needs to be done without complaining or arguing. And it could be a small thing. It's about obedience. Now, what if the Lord says to you, um, I want you to make a meal for that sick lady around the corner. Do it without complaining or arguing. Just make the meal and knock on the door. And I'll tell you what, you'll be so blessed. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And to do that, and that lady, she'll say, well, thank you so much. Why have you done this to me, for me? And just say, look, you know, I'm a Christian and I just really felt the Lord speak into my heart to make a meal for you. And, um, and here's the meal. And I'd just like to give you a quick prayer before I go. Man, people love that. People just love that personal approach. I just want to look at this word complaining first. It's the translation of a word which reflects a bad attitude expressed in grumbling. The Apostle Paul may have had in mind the behaviour of the Israelites who often complained to Moses. You know the stories. And also they complained to God. And it didn't get them very far, did it? It took them 40 years to do like, I don't know, what is it, a couple of weeks or something? And it says we shouldn't argue. And arguing reflects a legal connotation of disputing and may refer at least in part to the practice of going to civil courts to settle their differences. And if anyone here has a difference with me, folks, just, man, can you turn that light off, Helen? Thanks. If anyone here has a disagreement with me, folks, let's settle it out of court, you know? When I want to go through the business of hiring a lawyer and, and, you know, like, hopefully we don't, you know, we're all on the same page. Or the same pages. Yeah. So um, without grumbling or arguing, um, and if we have, if we have a, a bad attitude, we won't be shining like stars. The call is to live a life that is both blameless and pure. So, another word study. Blameless means above reproach. Above reproach. This does not mean sinless perfection. We won't get there in this lifetime. Their sin problem is here. It's in the world and we are living in it. And it affects us. It attacks us. It gives us temptations. But folks, we have Jesus And so when sin comes knocking at your door, we can say, hallelujah, I've got Jesus, I'm not going there. Okay, so blameless. And all believers are called to live out the salvation God has worked in them, to progress in their spiritual maturity. People are to live so that those on the outside of Christ cannot rightfully point an accusing finger. At them. Does everybody have next door neighbours, you know, someone that lives across the fence or across the way and they know you're a Christian? It's good. When you whack your thumb with your hammer, 
you can't swear because the neighbours might hear you and think you're a bad Christian. You know what I mean? We need to live the life. Uh, the word pure, it translates uh, as a word that is used of wine, actually, that has not been diluted, or of metal that has not been weakened in any way. And Jesus also used the word pure when he told the twelve to be innocent as doves in Matthew ten sixteen. So, folks, the world today is unscrupulous and perverted. And most people have turned their backs on God's truth, and which is the Scriptures. And in this kind of world, God's people are to shine like stars. It's not easy. Sometimes you don't twinkle like you really think you should. It's hard in this world. Sometimes it's difficult at work. You know, people say the wrong things. They say, oh, I'll watch this movie. And you think, as a Christian, I don't like that. I don't like that conversation. A child of God is in God's family. But the unregenerate, unregenerate are annihilated from God. And they are his enemies. And God's sovereign plan is to use his word, the Bible, administered by God's people. That's us. We're talking about like the end of Matthew, going to all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples, you know, in all the nations. You know, we need to transform God's enemies into his friends by regenerating work of God's spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit that regenerates people and changes them on the inside. Is this you? Do you see yourself using God's word to transform God's enemies into his friends? You too, folks, all of you can shine like stars. Let me finish up with talking about sacrifice and service. When believers work for God, they should see it as an act of worship. This is the type of attitude that honours God. And honouring God, folks, is what the Christian life is all about. When God is honoured, he's pleased. And a few years ago, I had this thought. I wonder if it's possible for me to put a smile on God's face. I'd never thought about that. And I began to think about that and I thought about it for a few months. And Chris has said yes and there's been a few nods. It is possible for us to put a smile on God's face. And it comes out of obedience really for the things that God asks us to do. Or even obedience over the convictions that the Holy Spirit brings to our heart and our mind. Um, when God is on it, he's pleased. I want to be a God pleaser. We want to hear our names read out and we want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Meeting Christ in the air with other believers, the rapture is only a part of what Christians, Christians can boast about. We need to honour God with our lives and in the way that we live, in the way that we conduct our lives. 
When Christians fulfil God's will for their personal life, the God-man relationship takes on a whole new meaning. We're talking about a relationship between the human and the creator. And it's a wonderful thing. And Adam and Eve had that relationship in the Garden of Eden before sin came, before the fall. God walked with them in the cool of the day and conversed with them. They had a chat and who knows what they talked about. What animals have you named today, Adam? Oh, we've got cow, sheep, pig. I don't know what they talked about. But they had this relationship in a sin-free environment. And God was visiting the planet. And folks, we don't have that now because of what happened in Genesis chapter 3. We have a sinful environment, but the presence of God is still here. The Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. And instead of being in a box at the back of the temple, now the Spirit of God is in the hearts of men and women. And we take the Spirit of God everywhere we go, shopping, to work, on holidays. The Spirit of God moves with us. And it won't be until Jesus comes again and we go through all the process of the rapture and a new earth and a new heaven but folks, it'll be a sin-free environment. And then we will have that relationship with God that Adam and Eve had before the fall. And there'll be no more fall because the Bible tells us that the devil, Satan, the false prophet and the Antichrist, folks, will be forever in the lake of fire. There'll be no more sin will be in God's environment. I don't know what it's going to be like. A new Jerusalem, streets of gold, walls made of diamonds and jaspers and all sorts of precious stones. It's our future. But right now, we're in the present We do live in a sinful environment, but we have Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit who moves with us. And we have a responsibility to share what we have with others. Acting in obedience to God brings a specialness to the relationship. It brings a joy and a sense of fulfilment that says, job well done, a feeling folks, of complete satisfaction. God asks you to do something and then you fulfil that in obedience and you do that. Man, you feel so good. I've been obedient to God. I feel so great. This is where the act of worship comes in as we work for God. We can, re- we can worship him out of our obedience and and the pleasure that God receives as a result of our obedience. It's not about making the Bible fitting into our lifestyle. It's about us fitting into the lifestyle that the Bible promotes. 
We've all read the Ten Commandments. We know what we shall not do. But the Ten Commandments are not all about what you should not do. There's some things in there that you should do. But Jesus summarised them down to two. Love your neighbour? No. Honour God. Worship God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And love your neighbour as yourself. Disobedience to God brings conviction. Ever been convicted out of your disobedience? Oh, you feel a pain. Disobedience to God brings conviction, which leads, conviction, folks, leads to repentance. And then repentance leads to God's forgiveness. I'm not saying it's okay to go around being disobedient. That's not how it works. But if you are, if you're not brave enough to step out and do that thing God asks you, you feel the guilt, you feel the, convic- the conviction, and then come before God and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I struggled, I made a mistake, I was disobedient. Help me to try harder, give me more strength, give me encouragement and pray that prayer. My challenge to you is to listen to the Holy Spirit and act in obedience to God's word and in the God's eyes, you will be shining, shining, folks, like stars. So, don't forget to work out your salvation. You don't put into practice the Bible in your daily life. Don't forget God's sovereign plan. Use his word to transform his enemies into your friends, Christian friends. And last but not least, sacrifice and service. When believers work for God, they should see it as an act of worship. Let me finish up. Folks, God wants the best for us. You know, you raise children. You want the best for your children. God wants the best for us. So my challenge, let us do our best for him. Honour God and God will honour you. Amen. Thanks for listening to a Wattle City Church podcast. If you download the Anchor podcast app and type Wattle City Church into the search engine, you can listen to more and great podcasts from Wattle City Church. Thanks.